Hey everybody, Tyree, we're here with Before I Forget, along with Kevin, the main man, the can, uh, can of spam, I don't know, but Kevin's here, folks. Yeah, stop saying so, he's, what's up? Hey, Every hey. time, man, every time, it's the weirdest intro. I try, I try to keep it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, so today we got a really I cool think show. The... Oh, no, go ahead, man. No, I was going to say, I think the can of spam is appropriate based on where I live. Exactly. See, that's where it's coming from. See how I've, I I, it's in it. here. It's in here. Yeah. I'm trying like, to. You're going to act like you did it on purpose. Uh, No. <laughs> right. That's clearly on purpose. Well, hey, so to all of our listeners and watchers, uh, we have uh, a very special guest today with us. His name is William Branham, uh, former Navy SEAL, uh, 26 years in the military, in the Navy, and uh, CEO and founder of the Naked Warrior Recovery. I'm uh, super excited to talk about what he has done, what he is doing, his products, and just general conversation. So let's see where this goes, y'all. Hey. William, go ahead and uh, say hi. Hey, how's it going? I, I thought I already did kind of with uh, yeah, 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 yeah. with that well, intro, with the can, can of spam. <laughs> a little, a little uh, formal intro, I guess. Yeah, an official intro. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, you know, uh, formally, formally, my name is William Branham. I spent 26 years in the SEAL team's I, you know, I always, I feel bad when I say that because it's not exactly the truth. I really spent 23 of my 26 years in the Navy and the SEAL teams. It just seems easier to say 26 year Navy SEAL yeah. or right. 26 years in the SEAL teams. Um, I, I had some, uh, some, I made some technical, tactical errors uh, prior to uh, getting there, which delayed me a few years getting, you know, just getting to SEAL training. And, uh, in, and we can maybe cover some of that stuff, but, uh, and, and I think a lot of us make errors like that in, in our life and business and, and things. Uh, but yeah, I spent, um, originally from Meridian, Mississippi, or just outside of Meridian, Mississippi, uh, heavily involved in the Boy Scouts. I swore I would never join the Navy. And then, um, I went to this, uh, Boy Scout National Jamboree and, uh, and I met a kid. He was like, yeah. So when I, uh, graduate high school. I'm going to, you know, go to the Naval Academy. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. And then, uh, you know, I, I also want to fly F 14 Tomcats, like uh, top gun. I'm like, yeah, that's cool too. I think I want to do that. And I also want to be a Navy seal. And I'm like, what's that? He was like, Oh, it's the hardest military training in the world and all this other stuff. You know, this was before the internets existed and there were not very many books out there. Yeah. Uh, I think the movie Navy seals, the original Navy seals movie had just come out. So, uh, there was, you know, I, I hadn't watched it cause you know, I only had like four channels growing up <laughs> and, uh, so, so, uh, yeah, so I, I, I went to this jamboree, I came back and I always knew I wanted to be part of some sort of, uh, small elite military organization, although I had no clue what that even meant. Um, I just knew that I didn't want to be part of like a big, you know, like the big green army, mm-hmm. um, or I for sure knew I didn't want to be on one of those big gray things that float out there in the ocean that didn't work out exactly the way I planned. Um, maybe like the air force had something cool. They have airplanes. So maybe th- that was it. Maybe the Marine Corps scout sniper, maybe that was, you know, that seemed pretty cool. Uh, cause I liked hunting and shooting and things like that. And, uh, but I, I went to that jamboree. This kid talked to me about Navy seals and the Naval Academy and flying up 14 Tomcats. And I'm like, I want to do all of that stuff. Uh, I only did one out of three. So I, you, you know, but still, over okay. here, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's, right. <laughs> I would say of the three, though, I mean, you, you went you went pretty above and beyond, right? I mean, Navy SEAL. I, that is, yeah. I remember when when we were on active duty. So we were active duty from 01 to 05. I'm in the reserves now. 
and um, I'm, I'm retiring this year. But uh, we, uh, I remember thinking about like Army Special Forces, Ranger, you know, all of that stuff, CAG, just being this like thing that you heard about, this myth, this this the story that people told, but it never really seemed like it was an attainable thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you one of sure. my favorite one of my favorite movies growing up was that movie Navy Seals. Uh, with uh, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Uh, that movie made me want to own a Jeep and own an H and K MP5 and and be a Navy SEAL. And I did two of the three. So I think every person in the army owned, <laughs> not to, not to one up you. Yeah, I think every person in the army has owned or thought about owning a Jeep at one point in their career. Yeah, but did they do that because of the movie Navy SEAL when he jumped out of the back of it off the bridge into the river? Probably. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, no, I've always, but that was the thing. It always just seemed like this big, unattainable, um, mysterious realm that, like, because we were stationed in Germany, and for us to go to any of these schools, I mean, stateside and pre ranger courses weren't very often, and selection for SF was was I mean, not, we never came over there. Not we had happen. like I think one time in two thousand three, but that was about it, you know. So I think there was no, an so old dude hanging yeah, out I, in front of I, the PX. Uh, that, that was all I wanted to, to do. Up. Like that was the only reason I joined the Navy. Oh, the SEAL teams. Okay, yeah, that's what I want to do. I think yeah. I don't. But I. But again, I had no idea even what that was. Yeah, really at all. So like, how hard can it be? That was my thinking. It was mm-hmm. pretty hard, actually. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, like the kid said, I mean, one of the hardest uh, military trainings on the, on the planet. Um. So so you joined the joined the Navy three years later. You're a SEAL. Um, I, I had read in, 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 on your on your website that like you thought once you got through buds, you know that was the easy that was the, that was the hard part, and now it's like I've made it into the teams. I'm a seal. I got my trident, and life is, is it's coasting from here. And that was like dead wrong. Yeah. yeah. So I I was a hundred percent wrong. So actually, the way that uh, when I when I went through, so it took me again. It took me three years just to get to seal training, and then I and then I went through it. And, you know, it's it's six months long and it took me a short 13 months to uh, graduate that uh, six month block of training <laughs> uh, because I got injured a few times. Yeah. Um, I like doing things the hard way, apparently, uh, you know, and I failed the screening test the first time I took it. I took it in boot camp and I was I was really focusing on the uh, I was focusing on the minimum number. You know, there's a, a minimum, you know, after you have, to, you have yeah. to do the swim in a certain amount of time, you have to, a minimum number of push-ups, yeah. pull-ups, sit-ups, and a minimum time of the run, uh, and, or maximum time of the run. And, uh, and, and on those push-ups, like, so I, I did the swim fine. I got out of the water, changed clothes, came back out. And the, the minimum number is 52 push-ups. That's not that big a deal. No. I think I got to like 38. And I was like, 39, oh, okay, I don't think I can do it anymore. I have to go back and get stronger. And so I failed it the first time I took it. Um, and actually, I failed it the second time I took it too. But uh, that was because I was, I'm, I, I, I destroyed everyone. So um, this was fast forward. I was on a ship and working on, you know, doing, the, doing my package to go to, to, go to Bud's. And, uh, and the screening test for to become a SEAL is exactly the same as it is to become a Navy diver is exactly the same as it is to become a Navy EOD guy. The, the, the numbers, I'm sorry, the, the workout or the, 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 the test is the same. The, the requirements are different. So I have to do more push-ups, more pull-ups, more sit-ups. I have to swim faster and run faster. Uh, 
And also uh, for the seal screening test, you have to wear, you know, long pants and boots and everything else is shorts and, and tennis shoes. Uh, so I, I was the first, I was the fastest swimmer. I did the most push-ups. I did the most pull-ups. I did the most sit-ups. And then we did the run and I was the first one to finish the run. And I guess there was some ego that got involved and I was like, I got this. And I just kind of coasted towards the end and I failed the run by like 13 seconds. Oh shit! And I was like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. I beat everyone else. And I thought I was like, all good to go. But uh, yeah, so I had to go take it again. And that was disheartening a little Dang. bit. Was no, this, I can, oh, geez. Was the scale the same or was it a, did it change for your age? Because a lot of different schools in the Army, your uh, PT test, when it comes yeah, no, to it's, it's like they don't care how old you are, how young you are. Mm-hmm. They, like this is, the, this is the minimum standard. The standard, yeah, okay. The end. If you, if you pass it, awesome. If you don't, there's another job for you somewhere in the Navy. But yeah, to, just to kind of go back and, and answer that question, uh, you know, the first thing you asked is, yeah, you know, I, when I graduated SEAL training, I was like, ah, it's like the hard stuff is over and I couldn't have been more wrong. Like yeah. you show up at the SEAL teams and you're like, you're nobody. They mm-hmm. are like, yeah, new guy, go take out the trash. And actually I didn't even earn my trident until almost a year of being at the team. Once you get there, you graduate, you don't, you don't get your trident. I mean, really? you do now it's a little different now, but you get to the team and, uh, and you're on probation for about a year back then. Uh, and then you, you prove that you have what it takes. You prove that you're, you're a team player. You do the things that you need to do. You learn the things you needed to learn. Um, and then when the team is ready, when they think that you're ready, they'll put you. And then they, you I also went through a, another school called, uh, uh, seal, seal tactical training. Um, and it's where you actually learn like advanced skills. So you can just roll into the seal platoon and, and actually be a functioning member. Um, so I, I went through that and, you know, again, on probation, worked my way through the workup. And then at some point they're like, before you deploy, we're like, okay, we'll do a, a trident, a trident board on you to see if you learned anything. Yeah. And if you really want to be there and if you fail this board, you get one more shot to take it. And if you fail it the second time, they send you to the fleet. We don't care if you did all that stuff. If you fail this board, it's just because you didn't care enough to put forth the effort to study for it. You know, and it's things like you're sitting, you're a new guy and you're like in a room with a bunch of old salty dudes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and they're like, okay, there's an MP5. There's a, you know, a table full of weapons. Uh, There's a radio over there. Go pro go program it, go put crypto in it. Go show me how you, uh, you know, plot a, uh, a dive, you know, planet, plant, plot a dive out there. And here's the coordinates you need to do. Show us how it's all going to work out for you. Uh, you know, while disassembling, you know, an MP5 or an M4 or a, an M60, you know, talk about your seven points of performance. Uh, talk about like what you do when you're under canopy, uh, talk like jump master level questions that they were asking me, which were like, I barely knew the answer. Cause I only had like 15 jumps at that point, I certainly was no jump master, but, uh, you know, when you, you know, you walk in that room and you're expected to know at least 80% of the questions that they ask you. And, you know, while they're asking you questions and you're taking guns apart and you're loading crypto and you're doing all these other things, you know, they're looking at like, are you, are you clear and safe in the weapon before? Cause it does have dummy rounds in there. Mm-hmm. Are you sweeping anyone? Are you doing all the things that you're supposed to do? Do you actually know what you're talking? Are you 
are you good enough for us to award you the trident to, to call you a Navy SEAL? And so and that's kind of been lost a little bit uh, after we, we kind of changed things up and created this pipeline for guys. But while I was still in, while I was still at the, at the, in the teams, we would have these boards for guys. Now we couldn't send guys to the fleet, but we would certainly shame them if they failed their trident board prior to deployment. Yeah. Like a lot of shame. Like you get all the shit jobs. The end. <laughs> All the same. <laughs> so, I mean, well, so let me, I got to ask you then. So like, so with that, with that, that change, that's a major change. If you, if you think about it, I mean, the army did the same thing when they, when they created the 18 x-ray program for people to join the army as a special forces candidate. Yeah. Um, and to me, what that shows, and I think we saw it, um, it play out in live uh, action um, during that at, uh, ambush in Africa. Um, I can't remember which group it was, but I mean, a lot of inexperience, Moving through the terrain, they took a, an L-shaped ambush and they just got kind of, they got cleaned up. And to me, it just seemed like a lack of like fundamental um, skills and tactics that you would have learned um, as an experienced soldier um, operating in, you know, the infantry or some other branch or of, of the army. <clears throat> um, so it just kind of, it's kind of, a, to me, it seemed you're, we're kind of sacrificing a little bit of, of, uh, uh, my experience for we need we need troops now um so like i mean so with with that being like the i mean how how happened with the the seals i mean does that kind of does it give you does it does it make you feel confident about the future of that i mean like, i don't know if that's the, the right question i'm asking but like does it you get, well i think you know just kind of going back to that that ambush you know i think that was the i if i were to guess i would say that was a b team maybe a, a, an ODB, uh, you know, not, not the A players yet, inexperienced yeah. guys, maybe, maybe one or two senior guys on the team. Um, and, you know, Africa isn't exactly a combat zone. Right. So, and even if it was, you know, I've certainly found where I have um, become complacent at times when right. I probably shouldn't. And uh, almost 100%, whether I was in a leadership role or doing something else, any time that I've become complacent, just a little too comfortable, bad stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, that, it's totally preventable, or at least much easier to fight out of, fight out of the situation not being complacent. But because yeah. you, you don't go into everything locked on and ready to go, even if it's a, you know, a, a semi-permissive environment like Africa, you know... I, I, I'm, and that wasn't the first team that's ever been shot at right. or been ambushed in Africa. So um, it's just less prevalent. So it's harder to stay on guard all the time. But I mean, we, you know, we lost guys in, um, in Operation Red Wings in, in Afghanistan. Yeah. And I will, I will tell you that uh, there, a lot of it was very, um, we, we could have avoided a lot of unnecessary deaths. And, you know, without going into, you know, too much, too many details here, you know, a a lot of it was complacency. And I know some of the guys that were doing some workups, you know, they were, when we were, when we were doing our, our briefing, the, the E&E or escape and evasion, which would generally be something like, well, I have a gun uh, and you have a car and now I have a car and a gun. (laughs) I mean, that was their, their E&E plan. I'm like, bro, that's, that's That's not cool. That, and then, and then bad stuff happened to them, but that was, you know, they they built that complacency into what they were doing. And that was yeah. my team. I mean, it wasn't my guys, but it was, you know, I was part of SEAL Team 10 at the time. And, yeah, 
totally avoidable. You know, uh, I don't I don't think that those guys would have not gotten hammered on the hilltop. However, other decisions that were made could have been prevented. Right. I believe. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if if my platoon would have gone there, it would have been different. I know it would have been different, but you know. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's kind of the thing, right? And I, and I in, in talking about the whole thing in Africa, I, I didn't mean to sound like I was, um, I, I, in my mind, I was like, do I sound like I'm like a, a keyboard warrior saying this stuff? But yeah. Like, you you know, we, we've been in contact. No armchair quarterback. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think it's just, it just brings up a point of like yeah. experience and, 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 and I think, you know, complacency is for sure. Yeah. Complacency happens all the time. You just, you know, the more that you're aware of it, the, the, the more you can turn it off. I Absolutely. Think. No, so so he and I we were in Iraq for OIF two. We were mechanized infantry with the Big Red One, um, and uh, so we you know in that in that year in two thousand four, uh, we 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 were pretty busy um, doing the job. And there, you're right. There there were moments, even as busy as we were, there were still moments of complacency. And it's in those moments where you're like something happens and it just snaps you back into reality. And you're yeah. like, oh shit, no, I need yeah. to be, I need to be, you know, on on my gun, and. Um, <clears throat> And so, yeah, you definitely try and like, I mean, as the year went on, that was kind of a, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, I guess. Cause like in the beginning, you're like, you're super hyper aware towards the middle, you, you're in between. And at the end, you're just like, I just want this to be over with. <laughs> so, I mean, a year is a long time. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, no, so that I didn't want to, I didn't want to come off as like, I was like a keyboard warrior. Well, they, they shouldn't have done, they, they should have done this. They should have done that. But like lessons learned in hindsight, right. We can, we can definitely look at like operations uh, in the past and be like, okay, so what would have been better and that's the whole point in an aar um um do y'all call it that too in the navy um aar yeah 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 exactly yeah so i mean it's, it sucks that unfortunate things like that ha- happen but hopefully um guys in the teams guys in group you know everybody in between can can learn from those mistakes and and be much 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 better and more lethal um, all across uh, across the globe when they need to be, so. But yeah, no, I just, I, the, I, even, I completely forgot we even came, brought that up. I get a little, I get a little spacey, <laughs> I get a little ADD. Um, <clears throat> but no, so I, uh, man, I could probably sit there and talk to you about like these kinds of things. I get like super excited about this stuff. So I'm not. So I don't know if you know. So Tyree is he's a talent agent, um, in California, yes, in Los Angeles. That's actually what he was doing today. He's he works with the company. So, Tyree, I'm going to totally steal all of this from you. Go for it. He works for a company that is um, specializing presently, specializing in helping veterans get into the entertainment industry. And uh, so that's what he actually had going on today. He had a, a pretty big meeting um, with uh, with a, a known actor um, that we have coming on the show later on, uh, Vincent Vargas. Mm-hmm. He's in Mayans. And then, um, <clears throat> and then what was that company? VME, the... yeah. VME, it's a veteran company that basically, exactly like you explained, gets all of the veterans that want to join the entertainment industry and give them a chance, give them a foot in the door, because there are tons of veterans out there who are 110% qualified to do these jobs that are available on sets, such as background work. You need somebody to run around with a gun and not shoot. We used to run around with a gun and say, bang, I could do that all day for you. Uh, there's tons right, of right? yeah there's tons of things we did that, the same thing yeah, yeah yeah bang bang budget cut i know yeah. okay so when it comes down to you know getting people's foot in the door that's what we're here for i'm not saying i'm gonna make you a, a freaking star out the gate but 
you know, I can give you the chance to feel what it's like to be in front of a camera, you know, million dollar sets and all kind of crazy stuff that you probably wouldn't normally oh, yeah. be, be a That's part of. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm actually flying to LAX tomorrow. Oh, right on. Or tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do. So I, you know, one of the things I do is I, I do uh, like business leadership, my mindset coaching, mm-hmm. but before I got into any of that, I, I actually went and hired my own coaches to help me figure out how to, how to market, yeah. uh, which how to market, you know, the, the CBD products that I sell. And that sort of has, uh, compounded and, and spiraled into this other, uh, this other work that I'm doing as well. I mean, I started getting on podcasts because, you know, CBD is an industry that is, I can't run ads. It's still very, um, very restricted in, in what you can do, especially when it comes to running ads. And, uh, and so one of my coaches was like, yo, you need to just get on like the biggest, baddest podcast that you can possibly find and, and, you know, educate people and, and all this other stuff. And I was like, awesome. Um, can I get on your podcast? And so I got on his <laughs> podcast and that helped. And then that started, you know, I've been on over 400 podcasts in the last two years, just trying to like spread the word. And, and that also helped me to, um, start going down this road of coaching, like the things that I'm doing now, when I got out of the military, kind of like whatever, if I were to like, you know, be one of your clients and like somehow get in front of the camera to do, to do that kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not what I ever imagined doing while I was on active duty or when I came up to retiring, like all of these things that, that, that I'm doing now happened because I just started putting work in and, you know, I kind of, you know, talk to the the veteran community quite a lot. Um, and, and one of the things that I'm very passionate about is about that transition of, of, you know, from, you know, being in active duty, whatever it is to becoming a civilian. You know, I like to say that's the hardest military mission I've ever been on and I'm still on it right now. I'm still trying to figure it out. They pour so much time and money and effort into, uh, training you to make you a soldier or a sailor or an airman or Marine or whatever it is you know, months and months of boot camp and then follow on school and whatever, and a good order and discipline and all those good things. And then, uh, I think I got a, a one week class of how to write a resume and how to make a budget Damn, yeah. was my transition, uh, education to become a civilian. And so, um, you know, I like, I, I use the analogy, uh, of the event, like the Avengers movie where Thanos snaps his fingers and half the world's population vanishes. Um, that's what I felt like when I left the military, like I was working on projects, you know, in my last three years, I was at the headquarters and I was, and I was doing like R and D work. We don't have an R and D budget, but we had, you know, operational deficiencies. And I went out and found $16 million of other people's money to help solve problems that we had. And, uh, and then I was, I was like, I, like the day before I retired, I turned my Blackberry, I, I, I replied to an email and I turned my Blackberry and I was like, maybe you guys, you guys probably need this. I don't, I'm not, I don't work here anymore. I don't really know what the hell I'm going to do, but, uh, yeah. So I, I, I'm, I think that's awesome what you're doing. And, uh, I, I hope you get a lot of people, a lot of work. Oh man. It's, uh, it's crazy. Just in the uh, last few days has been a tidal wave of people, uh, that we've been approving and getting work, uh, at least auditions. Very cool. Cause that's the very first start, but, uh, you, you hit on something that's very important. We've spoken to other people on the show, uh, about life after the military and what are you going to do? 
and you clearly you said you didn't picture yourself doing what you were doing at the time um what is the feeling when you really get into this new thing and you look back in the past like man that didn't match at all this is totally different i'm in the same boat as you i was a, i was a police officer a couple of years ago you know nothing lines up but everything is successful when you put your your foot into it so right, right on man it's 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 not easy but it's it's a lot of fun to put your foot in something and really get the work in yeah and and again you know like the the things that i'm doing now i'm 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 coaching companies i'm coaching leaders in in organizations Mm-hmm. Never have I ever wanted to do that, nor did I think I had the ability to, or, you know, do I like, well, I, I know how to shoot people. I'm pretty good at that. And I can lead men in combat and, you know, other things, mm-hmm. but uh, what do I know about like wh- uh, corporate America? Not a lot. Uh, well, it turns out the skills that, that we have from being in the military transition really well into helping other organizations uh, build their organization much more efficiently. Um, so I also do a fair amount of public speaking. I'd like to do a lot more, um, which is something that never, ever, ever in my life have I ever wanted to do. Like I knew guys that were like, yeah, I'm going to get out. I'm going to start a, write a book and start a speaking thing and do this and that and whatever. And I'm like, why would you want to do that? I don't, I don't have a message to share, but again, it, this went back to like, I went and I didn't know how to like market or run a CBD co- or any other company really for that matter, outside of just myself. Um, and, and so I went and found some coaches and one of my coaches, he was like, so everyone in this group needs to have a signature presentation. And I would, I would say that the two of you and everyone listening to this should have something like that. And what a signature presentation is, whether you give it ever or not, it's basically, it's kind of like your Ted talk. It's your, if you take something, one thing that you're really good at it, maybe it's real estate, maybe it's, you know, talent stuff, maybe it's whatever. And you create a 10 minute talk about it where you can educate and entertain people in some way. And then you can also, because you're such an expert in that field, you can take that and you can stretch it out to a 90 minute thing and you can present it from, you know, a Ted stage, TEDx stage all the way to the, you know, 2000 people in an arena somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Oh, well I have this thing, this, you know, this tagline that I'm using get naked and uh, well, maybe I'll turn get naked into an acronym. Well, that made it too long. It wouldn't meet the like 10 minute requirement. So I was like, let's just make naked into an acronym. And so I give that presentation. I'm, I'm actually giving it uh, three, four, four times. I'll be giving it at least four times between now and, and April. Four times and is not going to get paid for it. <clears throat> four times is not It's not enough. like my goal is I, I gave it a bunch of times last year, but that I'm just talking about just like this first quarter yeah. of, of 23. Yeah. No. So I, so I will, I, I will give it. Yeah, go ahead. No, sorry, sorry. No, I, I mean to cut you off. I just, uh, I so I, I, I uh, that the, your PDF that you have, um, the five soul secrets, um, which naked is the acronym for, right? Um, yep. I, I read that, man, and I'm telling you, like, I, I, it's not very long, which I, I appreciate uh, so much because I have ADD and it's really hard for me to sit yep. there and like focus on something. But like, I didn't want to stop reading it, so I read it a couple of times because um, it was awesome. really, really good. And it makes a ton of sense. And so you turn naked into an acronym and it's an acronym that like beautifully fits and you tie it into your, the, the, the ego. And, um, and that's the stuff when I, when I read your profile on that app, whatever, um, when we first linked up, like that was the stuff that I was like, this is the stuff that we need to talk about. 
Uh, and to be to be completely honest, um, I hadn't even at that time when I messaged you, I I didn't realize that you also had the CBD stuff going. Um, I really wanted to talk about. To me, it was intriguing. Um, a Navy SEAL talking about stripping the ego and staying authentic. Yeah. Um, not to like, I, I feel like that's throwing a little bit of like shade towards the SEAL community or whatever. Um, but like, I, yeah, it, it's it's necessary though. I mean, I, I think, and but it's it's purposeful as well because yeah. if you know, kind of like what you're saying is if if I can, you know, based on my background, and I'm not saying that I'm great by any stretch of the imagination, but I do know the perception. Uh, because I have the perception as well. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime I'm like, Oh, your team guy, really? Like I, I'm my, my, my thought about you changes. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're in the military. My thought about you changes. I have a different preconceived, uh, expectation of who you are and what you are capable of doing. Um, and so, so kind of my thought about it was, is if it's the opposite of everything I've ever been in my entire life. Never in my life have I ever thought or wanted to or considered showing any sort of weakness at any point because I was afraid I would be eaten alive. And so, that you know, that's what that really that tagline really is, is about it's about being taking that ego off, taking that armor that you wear around off that you're hiding behind. Take that off, become vulnerable so you can find the healing that you need. Some of us need more healing than others. Or it's about, you know, taking that, that I never, I, I almost never use the word PTSD. I use, or the letters PTSD. I use baggage. I just say, we got baggage. We all, every single one of us have baggage. And are we brave enough to take like some of it? We put in ourselves, some of it, other people, some of it, just life experiences. Are we brave enough to take that baggage off and set it down and walk away from it? And, you know, and, and I, and I, and I do, and I, it's thank you for the reminder. I I do have to be reminded that you know I it's it's important to do. Someone who like if you know I I know a lot of the more famous seals um, out there. Some will never show any sort of uh, weak weakness or yeah. um, vulnerability, and some will, and uh, or they will behind closed doors. I'll do it out in the open. I mean, when I get on stage, I probably cry about 70% of the time, at least in the beginning, some of it's nerves and some of it's, you know, talking about, you know, that number 22 to zero. Uh, but you know, cause my dad is one of those 22 or 44 or whatever the number really is. And so it, it like, I will get choked up on stage and then I'm like, okay, you guys see, I'm just human. All right, let's roll. And then, and then roll into it. So I think it, it also becomes a little more, uh, it, it becomes a message where people are more open to receiving Absolutely. if I show that vulnerability. And so, yeah, no, I, I 100% and that's what people want. I, I think they want, they want like, they want a, 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 an authentic real person in front of them. No, uh, 100%. So, um, I'm in the reserves. I'm a reserved rule sergeant. Um, so I, I go to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri and I, I do basic training stuff. And I, I talk to my trainees to say, wait, don't be wrong. I'm, I'm strict. I am, I can, I can be a drill sergeant, right? The, the stereotypical loud mouth yelling and stuff. I don't really yell a ton because I feel like there's not a, 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 a lot of um, training value in that, especially when my job is to train them, train, lead, mentor. That's my, that's what I believe a drill sergeant is. But when I speak to them, right, when I, when I, when I tell them, you know, 
military experiences when I when I relay to them why I want them to do something or why I'm having them do something, I come at them on a personal level. Like I treat them like they're people and I want them to see me as a person as well. I mean, I tell them like the only difference between me and you is I joined the army long before you did because I was born before you. Right. Other than that, like we're the same. We're the same. I'm a human. You're a human. And I've, I've found in doing that, um, I've been a drill sergeant in the reserve for a while. So I've had a lot of practice and I found that in doing that, um, they, they are more likely to listen to you. Uh, they are more likely to, um, years later, I mean, I'll have, I'll have former trainees of mine who've been in the army for 10 years, hit me up and say, Hey, drill sergeant, uh, I have a question. And that tells me two things. Uh, one, like they still trust me to lead them in the right direction which is great. It's a great feeling. And two, <clears throat> that they apparently don't have a leader in their current chain of command that they do trust to lead them in the right direction. And that's disheartening. Um, but that's a whole other, whole other <laughs> tangent that I can go down for a while. Um, but so, and like I said, in, in reading about uh, these, these five secrets and uh, the get naked are you in the, in the reason you added get into it. I mean, I really appreciate that about um, the, uh, the, the, the uh, the go getting uh, what is it the the just the attitude the the mindset of being a Navy SEAL being one of these like like top tier um, operators um, top tier people right um, just like going after whatever the mission is hitting the objective hard and being successful in what you're doing and um, and then I think probably in my mind the most important of of the of the five to me was accepting failure. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't like, I don't, I'm sure you guys, you, you probably have some things to say on the, on, on the acronym itself, but I just wanted to mention like it's the accepting failure to me has always been super difficult, um, because I don't like to lose, right. I'm not, a, I'm not an overly competitive person, but I don't like to lose. And, um, when I went to drill sergeant school the first time I failed, um, because I didn't take it serious. I did exactly what you were talking about. I shot for the minimum. I barely showed up. I didn't really put in the work and I failed and I was beat up over it. I cried when I called my, uh, my first line supervisor, I called him and I was like, so I'm coming home early and I was boohooing, oh, I was balling. Man. Yeah, I was a wreck, man. That fucked me up. But I went back, you know, um, a couple months later, ended up graduating like top of the class, commandant's list, whatever. One of the drill sergeant leaders there told me, "It's like it's a great job considering this is your second time through." I'm like, "Come on, man!" But you know, um, no, nah, it was a that was a thing for me. Um, so just reading reading about this and reading on on the PDF, and we're definitely going to link that in in all the everywhere that we post this, whatever, because uh, I want people to go to your website and I want them to sign up for that, and I want them to look at your products, and I want them to download that PDF, and I want them to read it, probably print it out and staple it to your fucking wall. Um, because it's definitely words to live by. Um, yeah. yeah. And I figure you probably have some, uh, you probably have some words on the five secrets. The, yeah, that, and, and, and I'm glad you said that, you know, um, and for most people, at least one of those things stands out bigger than other things. For me, it was exposed my fears. Mm. Now it's more kill mediocrity. Uh, I mean, just to kind of, uh, just so that everyone listening, uh, just to give you a little pre prequel to, uh, to, to what it is. So naked is an acronym. The N stands for never quit. The A is accept failure. The K is to kill mediocrity. The E is expose your fears and expose your fears and D is do the work. And, uh, and when I first wrote that, 
Um, and that's, and that is, you know, really my, my, my signature presentation. And I, you know, when I'm from state, when I'm on stage, I, uh, you know, I, before I do the, the, the last seal secret of do the work, I'll put up a QR code and I'm like, Hey man, if you guys got anything out of this, like if you want to see it again or read about it again or whatever, you know, go here and fill out the thing. And while they're doing that, I, I, I recite Teddy Roosevelt's man in the arena. And I do like two verses instead of the one, one verse. And now my, like, I guess I practiced that so many times that my daughter knows it as well as I do. And so my goal to one day, and she's, she's nine now, she learned it last year right there with me. Actually, I learned it while I was traveling on the road and in the car. I didn't practice it in the house almost at all. Probably not more than five times. She heard it and she's too super ADHD, just like me. Her mom doesn't get it, but we, that's just how we, we work. And, uh, and then she just broke it out at dinner one night. Like the poorest way to face a life is to face it with a sneer. And, and it, of course she got it from me because no, no one else is saying that around here. And she would mess up the same place that I would, but to kind of come back to what you you, what you said about like print it out and staple it to your wall. Uh, when I first created that, I, I shared it with a buddy of mine who was um, he was going through some, some issues at work. So he works for an outdoor apparel company. They just got a big infusion of cash from a, from a VC company. And those guys, they want their return on investment very, very quickly. And so the CEO was freaking out a little bit and he came down and I guess he was pretty hard on, on my buddy and, and the team. And uh, so my buddy talked about, you know, he was talking about like his divorce and kids and other stuff. And then he was like, you know, in work and I got this thing going on and I would like kind of sat down and I was like, well, well, let's strategize. Let's figure out what your near medium and long-term goals are talking to the CEO, which he had a meeting with the, the following day. And, uh, and, and I'd like go, go with this plan. And by the way, check this out. I just wrote this like, and, and give me your feedback. He didn't give me his feedback. And the first speaking event I had was in Denver, which is where he lives. We had dinner uh, the night before. And I was like, so how did your meeting with the CEO go? He was like, Oh, I didn't tell you. And I was like, no. And he said, well, so I went in there and I was like, okay, Kevin, here's the deal. I'm afraid if you talk to me like that or the team like that, we will not be able to perform at the level that you need us to perform. So, and, and my buddy is not like, he's not an an aggressive person. He's a very like laid back and super chill dude. And uh, so the, so the CEO was like, okay, hold on. Like, first of all, why are you being assertive? Number two, why are you saying, uh, no, he said, uh, and I'm, and I'm, he said, why are you being assertive? Why are you saying, let me see if I say, say it correctly. Why are you saying that you're afraid and why are you being honest about it? He's like, oh, that was my I, my buddy's five seal secrets. I'm exposing my fears right now. I'm afraid if you come and hit me the way that you hit us the other day and talk to us like that, that we're not going to be able to perform at the level that you need to perform. And his CEO was like, what? what are these five seal secrets? Send them to me. And so they've like sort of changed the culture in their organization based on that. I was like, win. That yeah. awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> badass. That is fucking awesome. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, so, it, but, but, but what he said, what he told me, he was like, I, I read it, I printed it out, I laminated and I taped it to my wall so I could read it over and over again. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's super cool. Thank you. No, that's actually, I'm not even kidding. So like I have this wall behind me and I'm going to put it right there it's hard to hard to point on camera i'm going to put it right above that photo right. actually <laughs> i am I'm, cool. I'm actually going to do that um tomorrow i'm going to print it off at work i, I think i might might make it a little bit bigger um because so like um, so on that pdf that you can download um so it's got it's got each 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 uh tenant of of the acronym each letter of the acronym what it means and then you have 
you know, some paragraphs written on them and like where they come from. And, and you tie in the, the, the Navy SEAL creed into it, which I think like worked out beautifully. Um, and, uh, so like, there's a lot of just great stuff to read, but just having you get naked on the wall, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause also, you know, like I'm at home, right. So I'm going to definitely get naked here, but, <laughs> but also like, that's just something that I want to, I want to, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was even going to tell you. Um, I got, I was on your website and I was trying to buy, uh, well, we'll get, well, let's do it right now. Um, cause I'm excited <laughs> to talk, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. I really am. Um, I was trying to buy, uh, the shirt, the, uh, OD it's like an OD green shirt. It says get naked. Um, and then I was trying to buy the pet treats. You're sold out of the pet treats. <clears throat> I am. Yeah, I am. Pet I, treats. I just, I just ran out. Yeah, I'll I'll get more. No, that's a, that's a great problem to have though, right? Because you're it's it's selling. It's people are buying this stuff, um, and that's that's amazing to see. I, so I have a I have a a ten year old Belgian Malinois, and her hips are like killing her, and um and I just want her to be as comfortable and as amazing and happy as she can be. And um I I've used CBD on. I have a, also have a little Chihuahua who uh, is a diabetic, had cataracts, and. A plethora oh, wow. of other problems. Yeah, he's a he's a big medical issue. Um, but um, I was I was giving him CBD when he, at the height of all of his pain and man, night and day in that little dude. Um, so that stuff awesome, like, very cool. Um, I I I haven't used it a lot because I, I honestly I don't know a ton about it, but I have used it on them and I have seen it work. So I do I do believe in its properties and its abilities. I just have never thought to use it in or on myself. Kind of like. And I mean, I was reading it like, again in, in, in your bio talking about like in the latter part of your career as a SEAL, you know, learning about um, um, uh, THC free CBD and other uh, cannabinoids and, and, and how that can work and how it can benefit you and, um, and how you waited until after um, you got out to really ex- ex- delve in and explore it. Um, and that's kind of where I was with a lot of it, too, because I mean, like, again, I'm still in um but no, like just seeing it work on on him, like I just yeah, like this this stuff works, night and day for this yeah. guy. And so I was gonna get on there and buy the pet treats, and I was gonna buy the shirt that gets naked because I want to wear that to the gym and have people look at me funny and be like, no, 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 it actually means something. Ask me and I'll tell you. Um, and then I was gonna look at the other products, and uh, and I was actually gonna ask your recommendation uh, on uh, on a couple of them. And then I had two questions actually about two different products, but we'll get into all that stuff. Um, Wait, yeah, our, yeah, sounds good. No, well, let me, so this is how I got into CBD, you know, in the, in the first place is, you know, I, I talked about sort of, I, I retired, retired, there's no such thing in my world, I don't think. Um, and, uh, and, and I, when I, when I left, I felt like I lost my purpose, my mission and my team. And then I started a company to, to help other companies sort of navigate the military acquisition system but then I was calling myself a consultant and like people were like, Oh, consultants are criminals. They, you know, they, they basically take your money and you don't get anything out of it. And I'm like, ah, it's not me, but whatever. And mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for that grind either. Um, like people liked me when I was on active duty cause they, what they were trying to do is butter me up. So I would, I'd, you know, buy their stuff. I, w- I can help other people buy your stuff. Now you just gotta yeah. work with me over here. But anyway, yeah. um, so I was, I was still missing, missing that purpose, uh, that mission and that team. And so I was in Virginia 
taking care of some stuff with the, uh, and I had lunch with a buddy of mine who used to be in, he was in my very first seal platoon. And, uh, and I said, after lunch, I was like, so I'm going to go see if I can find some CBD here in Virginia, because maybe what you have here is better than what we have in Hawaii. I have no idea. Um, but, uh, maybe it is. And, and, uh, something weird happened to my screen. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Anyway, not, not, not important, but, uh, my, my phone rang. That's what's going on. Mm, Um, but, uh, and I was like, well, maybe, you know, what you have here in, in Virginia is better than what I have in Hawaii. I didn't know anything really about CBD other than I had heard it on a bunch of podcasts on a a couple podcasts and it was becoming more popular. What I didn't know is it had just barely become legal federally. Mm. Um, so, so I, I, uh, he was like, Oh, if you want CBD, I've got some at home. So we went back to his house. He gave me a couple of bottles that some, a company had sent him cause he was a bit of an Instagram influencer. And, uh, and so I, I, I tried CBD and I didn't notice anything at all. I had, I had, z- I had zero. I didn't notice anything about my life really changing or being better or worse or anything else. And then I ran out of that bottle and then, you know, I started becoming a little more angry mm. and like some pains in my body started to get a little worse. Huh. And then I did a little self-reflection and what I realized is, you know, I use the analogy water boils at 212 degrees. I was probably living my life at 210 degrees. So it didn't take much for me to, you know, sort of hit that boiling point. Yeah. And I'm, you know, 100% disabled through the VA, which means I'm 250% disabled uh, overall if you add everything up. And there's still right. things that they didn't even count. Um, and so what what had happened is, you know, my my, my fuse actually got longer when I was taking CBD. So I went from like 210 to 205 to 200 to 195, 190, maybe 185. I got out of that red zone, you know, like on your tachometer, you're like hitting it yep. <laughs> before your engine blows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and I, and I got more into like an orange or yellow zone, certainly not a, not a red, not the green zone, but I was, you know, I was further, further away from that, that boiling point. And then when I stopped taking CBD, I started getting back closer. So I tried a different brand, I had similar results and like the pains that I was having or had less of, it was, you know, I, you know, I have some, my body's pretty beat, beat up and broken down. And what CBD did from my perspective is it just made those sharp pains less sharp. It made them more dull. And when I ran out, if they were just becoming sharp again, it was just, you know, I got used to living in this pain. So what it did, it just made my quality of life better overall. And then, um, and then I tried a different brand. I had similar results. And then I was, then I was like, I think this is where I want my new mission and purpose and whatever. And so I tried to find a company to hire me. Uh, no one was ready to hire me yet. I ran into a girl at a business conference and she was like, so do you want to do A to B, B to B or B to C? And she, it, she was in the CBD industry and she was putting CBD into kinesiology tape, which was kind of cool. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah. And, and so I was like, so I wanted her to hire me. And she was like, so I'm not hiring anyone. I don't have the the bandwidth or the, you know, the, the, the profits at this point. Um, but I'm like, just teach me She's like, well, do you want to do A to B, B to B or B to C? And she was like, I was like, I want to do C B D. And she said, okay, well, why don't you start your own CBD company? And I said, I don't know how to do that. She said, you are a Navy seal. You can figure it out. So I politely asked her for my man card back. Yeah. And I put that in my pocket to not give that thing up again for crying out loud. And, uh, 
and then I, you know, she helped educate me about the industry and like how corrupt and dirty and whatever it was. And, and, uh, and so we, we just went out to my, go- I, w- I went home and I Googled how to start a CBD company. And then, you know, I, and then I learned more about the corruption and how bad it was. And so my, my, my goal was to start the highest uh, company that had the highest quality CBD on the market. And so, you know, we, I went and, 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 uh, uh, partnered with, you know, the highest quality suppliers still to this day. Um, the suppliers that I partnered with, they have actually helped bring the, the quality in the industry up to a, a whole new standard that it, that it wasn't prior to. So we're, you know, we're, we're part of that, uh, moving the standard to a higher level, uh, currently. No, that is incredible. Uh, and you guys, so your product, you have, uh, sleep aids, you have, um, muscle and joint pain, uh, CBD energy, bath bombs. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. I can't fit in a bathtub. I'm six two two thirty. Um, so like my, my bath, I don't fit in my bathtub. You have to prop um, your legs up. Yeah. My upper body's in the bath and my legs are up in the air or, or vice versa. And both look kind of just weird. I'm a big dude in a bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's not really going to work. Um, you have Im- immunity support. I didn't even realize that CBD had an had an impact in that area. So that's that's really so. It, and and that that product actually doesn't have CBD in it. Um, and oh, uh, it and but but I mix it with the CBD energy drink. But the CBD does actually the the the, me, the mechanism that CBD works on actually does support immune function. Okay. And so, kind of the way that it works is um, CBD is a it's it's just a molecule. And what it, what it, so let me back up. All mammals have what's called an endocannabinoid system, mm-hmm. like cannabis. Uh, and the way that, that they discovered, the way that scientists discovered this is they were really trying to figure out what is the, what is the mechanism of THC in medical marijuana? How is this helpful in any way or whatever? So what they did is they took a radioactive isotope, put it on a THC molecule and put it in the human body. And then they tracked it with the MRI machine or whatever mechanism they used to do that. And through that, they discovered this whole giant neuroreceptor system that's connected to every other system in your body. Think about your central nervous system, your, uh, your endocrine system, your immune system, your digestive system. It's connected to every system in your body. And, um, and so why CBD and, and what feeds that endocannabinoid system, you have two molecules that you create endogenously. One is called anandamide, which is known as like the bliss molecule or the feel-good molecule. Uh, and the other is 2-AG. It's a big, long scientific word. And those two molecules feed that endocannabinoid system. And you like my, my, my bro science. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and it helps keep everything in balance. But oftentimes, if we have like chronic illness, chronic inflammation, like a bunch of chronic stuff going on with us, or we don't live in a healthy environment or whatever, the the endocannabinoid system or some other system gets out of whack. If that other system gets out of whack, it pulls everything else out of whack. And so what CBD does, it comes in, it's like a super multivitamin for your endocannabinoid system, and it helps bring everything back into homeostasis. You know, you take vitamin C and you take D and zinc and whatever else is out there in the world. And you're like, I don't know if this is doing anything for me or not. Mm-hmm. Like lots of people take CBD. I'm like, I don't know if this is doing anything for me or not. It, it, it probably is. You just probably don't, don't know it. And a lot of the feedback that I give people, they're like, I don't know if I feel anything or not. Well, kind of like me, what do I, what did I stop feeling? Mm-hmm. How did my, and I've had a lot of people just like with our, with the energy drink, 
they're like, they ran out and they're like, I couldn't figure out why I was so like anxious all the time. Oh, I ran out of the CBD energy drink and I started taking it again. And I started, you know, being, you know, pretty level again. And, you know, Joe Rogan actually said once upon a time, cause he had a, a CBD sponsor for his, his podcast for a good long time. And he was like, I didn't even know I had anxiety until I started taking CBD. <laughs> and then like, it just went away and like life was just better after that. Do you find that it's difficult to get people in the military or former people, uh, veterans to try your products or any CBD products? I know personally, uh, I would not even think about even trying to go anywhere near the, any of that stuff while I was in, or a little bit after I was out because, you know, it's it's the bad stuff. You shouldn't use it. It was right. the, was well, the thought know, back I am, then. I am a, a child of Nancy Reagan's war on drugs. Just say no. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, I, I, I was talking to someone else about this today or yesterday. Like, I can still see the frying pan. It's like, this is drugs. And they crack the egg. And this yeah. is your brain on drugs. And yeah. and so I it's still in my head. And I was terrified to try it. But uh, I, I think I think. In as far as the military goes, my camera is all kind of jacked. I don't know what's going on, but anyway, we'll work it out. We got the close-up um, close view of you. Yeah, I know. I don't even know how that happened. Um, but uh, the uh, I think currently the military is still not allowing people to use CBD. Correct, because of where it's connected with. Now you can't test for it. I know lots of people in the military who use it. Mm-hmm. I am not saying you can use it or you, right. you follow the rules you're supposed to follow. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it is, I anticipate it will be more, um, more accepted in the military in the next year or two. I could be totally wrong about that though. I hope so. I, 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 I hope, hope so. I hope that you are not wrong um, be, because uh, no, you're right. So, First of all, to anybody who listens or watches and is hearing this, if you are in the military, by all means, follow UCMJ. Um, but CBD, my understanding of it, and I, I definitely probably don't have um, the amount of knowledge on it uh, on the subject that, as you do, but <clears throat> it's not bad for you. Um, and like and like you said, you can't test for it, but. You also Correct. can't really you, test I mean, for a lot of other things. So, well, you, you you can test for it, but it has to be very specific to that test. Yeah, it's very when, expensive. When, also. when you're doing a urinalysis, they're testing for that nine or twelve panel thing of truly illicit substances. Yeah, federally illicit, blah blah, whatever. Um, yeah, the best. They're not. You know, if you were to test for, it, but if you were to go get a a home drug test and pee in the thing. Cause I had this happen to a guy. Um, he was a Marine. Um, he got out and he joined the Navy reserves and he was a, he was a, a, a early customer of mine. And then he, he joined the Navy reserves and he had his first year analysis like day one. And uh, he told him like, yeah, I take CBD and it's broad spectrum and there's no THC in it. And they're like, bro, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So he went and got a, like a, a $60 CVS, cup and you, you know, he, he put a sample in there and it showed positive for THC. It actually did not show positive for THC. It showed positive for the reaction that your body has when you are, have consumed some sort of cannabis. Yeah. So I'm like, you're going to be fine. Like that's not a laboratory test. That is just a, yeah. it's like a fake test. 
Yeah. 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 Um, Because they'll, yeah. And so you to, to, to actually tell if someone has smoked a joint or used marijuana in any way, you have to, you have, it has to be in a laboratory mm-hmm. and they have like high dollar equipment to, to, to really spec it out. And even I've, I know I've known people who've taken actually me, I still maintain my top secret clearance. I still do some government contract work. I still get drug tested. I was drinking my CBD energy drink on the way to my last urinalysis. Yeah. And I take a lot of CBD and yeah. never had an issue. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I, I was, I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to like buy some of your stuff. Cause I, I'm super interested And this, after talking to you and like a lot of like the aches and pains that you're talking about my, my, my last cycle that I did, my trainees know me for, for one quote uh, from uh, Rick and Morty. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the show. Um, it's a dumb cartoon. Uh, it's kind of funny, but anyway, um, but there's a, there's, there's, there's a, there's a character in the show who's brought in. His only job is to help people and he ends up sticking around for too long and they call him more of them, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the longer they are around, the the more they are in pain. And so my, they, they kept saying existence is pain. And so like my trainees knew like, that was like, like, drill sergeant, like, how does this not, how are you still doing this? Do you not hurt? Like I hurt every day. It's all the time. It's just, it is what it is. You just get used to it. And so now like listening to you talk about this stuff and like your experiences and, and, and you know, <clears throat> I, I definitely want to try it. So I'm going to buy a lot of your stuff <laughs> probably as soon as we get done here. Um, but, uh, uh, there were, there were two, there were two that I really wanted to ask you about, um, the buzzing gummies and the M60, um, the M60, because it talks about like nano encapsulation. And so four was a four milligrams and it's, it's into your bloodstream. And so it's probably, it's my, in, in my mind, it's, it's faster, hits harder. Um, and you know, has more of an impact. Um, yeah. But how does it like? What is the M60? <laughs> I mean, not the military version of it, but like, like, right. is it like- yeah. So in, and and that that is where the name came from, really, because it looks kind of like an M60 fusing knife. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was kind of cool. The it you you pretty much explained it. So it's it's a four mil. It's a very concentrated four milligram microdose of which is maybe a good word or a bad word, depending on like what, what good circles word. you're in. Good word. Um, it's a, a microdose and it, you put it into like your pulse points, like very thin skin. Like you put it uh, on your, on your wrist and you rub your wrist together. Like you, you know, women do for perfume or in your, in your, uh, the crook of your elbow or on the top of your feet, high vascularity areas. And it goes directly into your bloodstream. So it bypasses that first pass metabolism, like through your mouth and through your digestive system. Um, you know, you, the, the oils, the tinctures you hold in your mouth and they kind of get absorbed through the, the mucous membrane and through the kind of vascularity in the mouth. Uh, this works similar, but better. So like a 25 milligram dose that you take orally, it's, this is equal to that, you know, through a, a, a four milligram. So if you think about that, you lose 21 milligrams basically through the digestive system versus four milligrams that go pretty much directly into your, into your bloodstream. Um, yeah. and, and again, you know, CBD, it's, it works on that mechanism of, you know, and also to help cross the blood, the blood brain barrier and, and things like that so that it, you know, can help reduce chronic inflammation and pain and, and, and things like that. But it doesn't work with the M60. I've had the, the most positive feedback, uh, with people who have like carpal tunnel or have serious hand issues or, or things like that. And it's because it's so concentrated, it, it does a really great job in, in those aspects. 
Um, yeah. And so, so it's just like, there are not very many, I think I know all the companies that carry that technology, um, because it came from one specific company. I know, I know where it came from and I know, I think all the companies that carry it and there are not very many out there. Um, the buzzing gummies, you will, you will not pass a drug test with those <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that, that's what I was, that's we'll what leave it there. Yeah. Um, you will, you will not pass. What are the good buzzing I mean, it's gummies? Still, it's still know. federally legal based on the way that the farm bill is written, uh, which is what made hemp legal, which made CBD legal. It's all hemp derived. Um, but you know, even though I still, I still maintain, I, I will not pass a drug test now because I take those. And, you know, for me, it's like, I still have a little bit of a, I have an iffy relationship with alcohol sometimes. And so I have a good relationship with alcohol most of the time, but there are times where I don't. Yes, and, uh, and, and, you know, it, it has gotten better over time and the buzzing gummies really helped me have a very good relationship with alcohol. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I take them after dinner with, you know, this, our, our sleep soft gels and, uh, in about an hour I'm ready to hit the hay. I mean, yesterday I went for a, I'm, I'm training to do the, the R3, the rim to rim to rim of the grand Canyon. So it's 48 miles. Um, so start at the South rim, hike to the bottom, go across, hike to the North rim, turn around, come back down across and come back up 48 miles. I think it's about 20,000 feet of elevation change. For fun? And, uh, yeah, well, I, I'm also part of a, a group called Man Made, where we, you know, help, trying to help men become men again. Mm-hmm. And we yeah, go out and do these, I'm like, sorry. sort of epic, epic events, epic, you know, a- adventure things. Um, and this is this is one of them. Uh, this past summer, we climbed the Grand Teton. I trained for it. It was still way harder than I anticipated. So that took us about 18 hours to do that. Uh, training a lot harder for this one. And uh, so, anyway. I was, I went for a run and I hate running. I hate running. Um, it was a, a like a five mile loop around my house and, uh, I tripped and I'm not going to show you, but like this whole, like I hit a curb that was just like, a, and I landed on that thing and it's just road rash down mm. my, yeah. So I was like, Oh, for sure. Uh, maybe I should take two tonight. <laughs> yeah. And I tried to hang with the family as long as possible after dinner. And I'm like, yeah, I got to check out. <laughs> I but it so for sure glad. helps help. Helped my uh, relationship with alcohol. I am so glad to hear a Navy SEAL say they hate running because I hate running too. And I, now I feel like I have something in common with a Navy SEAL. And that just, <laughs> I, I feel slightly more elevated. Uh, um, no, I totally get you on the whole alcohol thing. Um, like I, 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 I'm the same way. Like I have to limit consumption when consumption happens. Um, so, and, that, and that's a whole thing tied to other things. Um, sure. Yeah, but uh, so that uh, the the buzzing gummies though, so uh, was it the the Delta the Delta Nine stuff in there? I don't know a ton about that. My best friend, she she knows a, a, a bit about that. Tyree may know uh, from his um, extensive careers. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. I mean, I'm not exactly <laughs> it's, sure. It's, I'm not it's, really it's, on. It's it'll be a it'll be a very different uh, experience. I was just doing a photo shoot in in California because I also write for a magazine. Mm-hmm. You know, again, going back to like, how do you market? I become an author. I start. I hate writing. Also, I do a bunch of stuff I hate, and I do a bunch of stuff I love. So, uh, so I write for a magazine, and so the editor brought out a photographer. So I went out and and stayed in in uh, uh, in um, Oceanside, and uh, for a couple of days, and I was the only guy in the house. It wasn't terrible. 
Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and I brought, you know, a bunch of buzzing gummies and, and there were several ladies that live in Colorado, which you can find that stuff all over the place. And they're like, this is a very different, very pleasant experience, very different than what we're, we're used to having. So that was really awesome feedback actually. Yeah, no, I can, I can imagine that being probably the best feedback is my understanding is Colorado has the best shit. <clears throat> um, um, there, yeah. I, I don't know. Man. What I've heard on the street. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's easier, easier to manage than California. California's uh, got weird stuff going on. California is weird. It's the, the best part about California. It's the best part about California. Everything's California, weird. Man, I don't want to live there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do want to live there if they would just change the government. Yeah. Significantly. Yeah. And make it cheaper. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying that coming from <laughs> Arkansas. Well, you know, you said you're from Mississippi. So, you know, like going from, yeah. from Mississippi to Hawaii, you know what I mean? Granted, uh, the, the, the Navy helped get you there. Right. But like, that's not something yeah. like for me, like my, my mortgage is like $900 a month. You know what I mean? My mortgage for my three bedroom house, right? Like, you know, you're not going to find that on the West Coast or Hawaii. No, you are uh, not. Definitely not going to find it here. No, <laughs> no. you're going to find. I I will share with you that we we carved out a four four hundred square foot studio uh, area of our house, and it rents because this is how I pay my mortgage. It rents for twenty two hundred dollars a God, month. God, no way. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. That's how you do Jesus. it. And, yeah. And people pay it. Hell For yeah. Studio, studio That's apartment. That's good shit. You know, you gotta, Hey, yeah. you gotta make money or, you know, you have to prosper the best way you can where you are. And yeah. if people will yes. pay, I will sell. So there you go. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. No, that and I, I can I can get behind that, but I mean it doesn't. But definitely makes it more difficult for me. Like if I was to consider to move to say Colorado, it's also expensive there. And I mean again, nine hundred dollar mortgage, you know, just twelve hours away from Colorado. I'll just drive. I'll just drive there to go see some stuff. Just, you know, just get the car and drive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You um, gotta pay to play. No, so earlier you said the term, and you were like, depending on the circle, right? Uh, Micro dosing. So actually, I think it was like the last episode that he and I did. We talked about. Um, I, I I had done some reading on studies. Um. And there's actually a documentary on Netflix. I still can't remember the name of it, but where they talk about like uh, psilocybin and LSD and MDMA and those other things and like microdosing these things and how they're actually supposed to help out with depression, anxiety, um, PTSD or baggage, as you put it, um, which absolutely that's actually when I first even heard about what PTSD was, it was explained to me as like, there's nothing wrong with you. You just have this extra 20, 30, 40 pounds that you're carrying around baggage of crap yeah um but no so like this this i guess there was a ton of studies on you know like psilocybin and lsd back in like the 50s going into the 60s and then it was just like the government saw it and they're like "Ooh, no stop it it's illegal no more schedule one and then now in the last like 10 20 years or so there's it's been a kind of a resurgence in the studies and they're seeing great results there's like a ton of great Obviously, like, don't go buy, don't go find a dealer and buy fucking MDMA or uh, Molly or whatever the shit fucking from that person because you're probably going to get fucking fentanyl and die. But in these controlled scenarios with a licensed professional, they're seeing like insane, insane um, results, right? Like, pe- like people, 
one thing that the documentary talked about was people that have diagnosed cancer and they're like, they're, that's it, right? They're stage four. They're not coming back to terminal, right? They're not coming back. And, um, you know, they're going through these sessions and just one session changes their mindset on, on the concept of death and they're more okay with it and they're more at peace. They're less anxious about it and um, how, how it's being treated with, for, for people with PTSD. I mean, it's, it's just the, the, I don't know if there's not, I know it's not numbers, but the numbers are out and they're, they're, they're good. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like how, how all that progresses over the next 10, 20, 30 years. Um, likely I still actually have a, little... I have a buddy who started a nonprofit that, that supports veterans getting that kind of therapy. Yeah. That's He's awesome. also a seal. Okay. That's badass. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, we were, yeah, I mean, his, guy... like I, and I ran into a, I ran into another guy. I was in Vegas at the shot show two weeks ago mm-hmm. on my way to California for that photo shoot. And, uh, I ran into a guy that I knew from the teams and he, ta- he talked to me about it. He's like, yeah, I, I went through it. It was weird and crazy and awesome. And I didn't, I didn't think I was doing anything different when I got home, but my family knew almost immediately that there was something different about me hmm. the way I carried myself or whatever. And I was like, it was awesome. And I've talked to several other veterans uh, that have had, had that therapy and they've all talked about like what, amazing results and potentially I'll go do that at some point. Yeah. I'm less, um, I, you know, I'm also of the, like, they need it more. Yeah. No, (laughs) let them do it before I do it. But you know what I mean? But, uh, potentially at some point, but I've, I've done enough like self work that I'm, I'm much further along than I would have been. But again, CBD was, it was a modality that helped me get there. And then I had to, you know, that, that five seal secrets that, that that get naked mindset is something that I had to just keep going back to every day to get where I am now. Yeah. I think of the get naked acronym of, of everything. I think do the work is like you said, it's probably the hardest part for a lot of veterans. Um, oh yeah. A lot of times there are people who, and we had a, we can explain it. You get out of the military and you have this job in your head and you know you're going to get it and you get this job and you're like, okay, I run this place now. But you got to start from the bottom all over again. So a lot of people don't want to do the work. Like personally, I, I don't I don't like doing the work either. It fucking sucks. But right now it's a lot of fun doing the work that I'm doing because I enjoy it. A lot of people, I think right. if you do the work that you love, it's not work. It's just you having fun every single day. And I think a lot of people will understand that a lot better and they won't or shouldn't shoot for, I'm going to be the manager here because I was the manager back in the army. I was the manager back in the Marines. No, we have to ego. Everything is all connected. You have to knock that ego down and start from the bottom and rebuild. And people have more respect for you, I think. Um and and I think also there's a process. If you can get in and do something that is hard, like, you know, doing these whatever, climb climb the Grand Teton or go do the, the R3 mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, there's a, like, doing the event is gratifying, but there's a process. Like, I, I'm not going to show up being someone with my background and having a bunch of other civilian dudes who know what I used to do I'm not going to show up and not be in shape. Yeah. Like there, like I have to 
there's an expectation of me and I have an expectation of myself. So I have to like grind. It's just like doing work or starting a business or whatever it is. There's a grind that happens that you, but you enjoy that grind. You enjoy the process of getting where you're going, whether you get to the end or not, whatever that end is. Um, you, you know, and if you listen to a lot of like the, the, the bigger personalities, Gary V or, um, who are some other people? Some of them, I know my coaches, um, Alex Hermosi or he's a, a brand new guy that just popped up pretty recently. Tony Robbins, like they're all like em, embrace the process. Talk about the process. Like yeah. it, get that, like do that work every single day. Um, yeah. Andy Frisella, all of those guys are talking about the process, do the process, embrace the process, go do, go do the work at yeah. the end of the day is really what you got to do. And it yeah, ain't no, easy, um, but you got to do it. If you yeah, want to see man. something, and like, and 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 kind of the, the way I've, the way I've I've seen it, you know, it's like some so you wake up right, and 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 you, maybe you're not feeling to your max that day, but can you do 100 percent of what you can, right? Can you push yourself as far as you can that day? Maybe t- today is uh, maybe slightly less than yesterday, but can you get there? Can you can you put in that work to to achieve? Whatever it is. So big thing, and this is an easy one to compare it to, um, and I think a lot of people can relate, going to the gym. I go to the gym. Um, I love to work out. I love fitness. I love all things fitness. But still, I find myself, when I go to the gym, sitting in my Jeep, staring at the gym, not going in. You know, I'll be tired or I'll still be sore from a previous workout or, you know, it's because I drove an hour and 20 minutes from where I work to my gym because I work way out of town, um, God, and I just don't want to go in. I've put in a 10-hour day already, and you think about like what we used to do in the military, 10-hour day, that's nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But <laughs> I go work out. You know, I get in there, and I have a great workout, and I'm feeling the pump. I'm feeling the, the blood flow, and it's an immediate, like, why did I sit there that long to to, to bring my ass in here to do this? Right. And, and, and that's kind of the thing. So like, even if you're not feeling up to it that day, put in the work and I promise you at the end of the day, you'll, you'll be thankful you did. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. My, my gym is about 20 feet from me, like right over there. And yeah. I still get that. I'm like, ah, maybe I don't know. Man. Ah, yeah. Just do it. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly. I'd be sitting there for like twenty minutes, being like, "Just go inside, just, just go." And usually, what my what what'll get me I can in find there. myself being very busy. <laughs> you know exactly. No, what usually gets me in there is I, you know, I'll, I drink a lot of water heading to the gym. I mean, I, I drink water throughout the day, and like I'll have to pee really, really bad. I'm like, you know what? Nope, got to go in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna piss my seat. <laughs> so I go to the gym, and that's what gets me in there. And it's like, well, now that I'm here, I guess I'm gonna work out, <clears throat> and it's always a good time. I I never have a bad workout after that even if the workout wasn't that great, that's, what's cool about it. It's like, you know, it works out. Yeah. But, uh, Hey, so we're going to, um, we're going to listen. I'm like, I feel like we've taken a lot of your time and I, I want to take more of your time because you, this, this shit is interesting as fuck. And I want to tell people about it. And the way we're going to do that, we're going to publish your show. We're going to market the fuck out of you. Like we're going to, I'm going to, you're going to be all over my Instagram, the, awesome. the podcast, Instagram, the Facebook. I mean, like I'm going to have you with like, Telling you, you're it's right there. It's a spot right there on the wall. Um, so yeah, no, uh, definitely want to thank you for taking the time uh, to come on the show and, and talk about this stuff and um, and working with the, the the schedule snafu earlier. 
Uh, really appreciate that. Like I was super worried. I really wanted to record with you today um, because it is February 2nd and it's an important day. Um, I feel like in a way. Um, so, but yeah, no, uh, thank you so much, uh, William. And um, uh, again, so yes, sir. for everybody that's not, uh, that hasn't heard already, uh, it's uh, the website in W dash recovery.com naked warrior recovery. All right. Motto get naked y'all um <laughs> in more ways than one but definitely in this way right so i'll close thank you so much yeah thank you so much for coming on thank I'll you, close thank this you thing out. for having me on here it was, yeah. i had a great time yeah so hey everybody thanks for listening to before i forget please remember to like listen share subscribe watch share as usual and we will talk to you later kevin my main man with the with the without the all right Spam I got I got nothing yeah. say bye Kevin bye Kevin <laughs>